Who is my neighbor? The lawyer asks this as a follow-up question to his questions about eternal life and this interchange Jesus and he had about the greatest commandments. You know, that initial exchange is really the easy part. Nothing stunning about Jesus' challenge to him or the, this lawyer's, this religious scribe's answer. Every religious leader in the Jewish faith of any note knew what the greatest commandments were. But the lawyer probably asked that other question for the same reason we might. He and we want to draw a circle around our neighbors. The smaller that circle, the easier it is to love others. So if Jesus will just answer that question, we can create that list of people that we have to love. But, as is Jesus' habit, instead he tells a story. And it is perhaps the best-known story from the Gospels. A man was traveling that dangerous road from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by bandits, beaten, stripped, and cast by the side of the road to die. A priest, that would have been the most elite religious class, of Jesus' time comes by, sees the man and be sure is in, and makes sure that he passes by on the other side of the road. A Levite, who would have been just slightly below social significance than the priest was, comes by, does the same exact thing. He passes by on the other side of the road. Both likely had some official duties that they were concerned about, and both would have been rendered richly unclean if they had tried to help this wounded man. Our initial reaction to that story is usually to judge those two people, but our lives, our lives are very similar. We also have plenty of reasons for ignoring the plight of others. All of us have seen suffering and decided we can't get involved. All of us have those commitments to family and to church, to neighborhood, to community that feel more pressing from time to time than the pain of others. Rather than just writing these two men off as thoughtless or evil, their lives are really a challenge to us. They remind us that we all make choices. And there are plenty of times we act like they did. And then a Samaritan comes by. The Jews and the Samaritans had been at odds for nearly a thousand years. Samaritans were the spiritual descendants of the northern tribes that revolted against King Solomon when he, after he died or revolted against the, the combined kingdoms after King Solomon died. This group of people also intermarried with Gentiles who were forcibly brought into the region where they lived by an ancient power. The Samaritans had two strikes against them then. They lacked the purity of ancestry that those from Judea and Galilee claimed, and they didn't sacrifice properly because they didn't do it in Jerusalem. 
Jesus didn't recognize these distinctions, these two distinctions of being any significance. He traveled through Samaria, we know, on several occasions. He spoke to Samaritans and befriended a Samaritan woman. The lawyer probably didn't realize this. From the lawyer's point of view, there were only two possible outcomes to this story once the Samaritan had appeared. The Samaritan, too, crossed the road and passed on by, or the Samaritan checked to see if the bandits had left anything he could take and then passed on by. But the Samaritan in Jesus' story does something very, very different. He stopped. He tended to the man's wounds. He loaded him on his donkey. He took him someplace where he could rest and recuperate and receive long-term care. The Samaritan risked his own life, and he put his money into action in this act of kindness. Jesus never got around to answering the question asked by the lawyer. The lawyer wanted to know who's my neighbor, and instead Jesus forced him to answer this question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Do you hear the difference? The lawyer wants a list of people who would be his neighbor. Jesus gives an example of what it means to be a neighbor. The lawyer wants a to-do list. And Jesus is interested in a long-term change in attitude and behavior. Jesus, in this story, is offering us freedom in the way we care for others. He's inviting us to leave behind simplistic rules about who is our neighbor. He's offering us the freedom to care for anyone. He's freeing us from assumption about who offers kindness in the world. He's freeing us to see that the world is full of people who are ready to love neighbor like self, without restrictions. How might Jesus tell the story for us in order to surprise us, to shock us, to awaken us to this possibility? Let me offer you two retellings of this story. A man was traveling north on I-77 and stopped at the rest stop near exit 6 late one night. The rest stop appeared deserted, but lurking in the shadows were two drug addicts. They beat the man, they took his wallet, and left him lying outside the restrooms. Shortly thereafter, a conservative pastor pulled into the rest stop, got out of his car. He saw the man lying at the entrance and quickly got back in his car. He had to be in Columbus early the next morning for a parishioner's surgery and knew he didn't have time to take a long stop. As he pulled away, he did use his Bluetooth to call 911 and report there was an unconscious man at the rest stop. A lay leader in a large Baptist church in Cleveland came into the rest stop right after this. His church was hosting a conference on Christian education that began early in the morning. And he saw the man, and he looked around, and he wondered what should he do. He got back in his car. Before driving away, he called 911 also. The operator told him a report had come in. An ambulance had already been dispatched. 
Feeling better, he got back on the road, planning to stop at a safer location. A third motorist pulled into the rest stop. He'd just come from a pride meeting in Charleston and was returning home to a small Ohio town to help organize LBGTQ members of his community. He saw the man lying in the entrance of the restrooms and ran up to him. He noticed the man was bleeding severely. He pulled off his rainbow shirt and used it to apply pressure. The paramedics showed up just a couple of minutes later and they took over. And as they were loading the man into the ambulance, one of the paramedics came up to see him and said, you may have saved his life. He'd lost a lot of blood. Your quick thinking means he might make it. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? But let me tell that story again. A man traveling north on I-77 stopped at the rest stop near exit 6 late one night. The rest stop appeared deserted, but lurking in the shadows were two drug addicts. They beat the man. They took his wallet. They left him lying outside the restrooms. A progressive Democratic Party organizer pulled into the rest stop shortly thereafter. He stepped out of his car, saw the man, and immediately got back in his car. He had a major political event in Akron starting early the next day, and he couldn't be late. As he pulled away, he did use his Bluetooth to call 911 and report there was an unconscious man at the rest stop. An elder in a large downtown progressive Columbus congregation arrived next. His church was embarking on a major partnership with local schools and food banks Early tomorrow morning, he was meeting with a representative of a major grocery chain to organize food delivery to neighborhoods that were food deserts. He couldn't be late for that. He saw the man. He looked around. He wondered what he should do. He got back in his car, and before driving away, he called 911. The operator told him the report had come in, and an ambulance was already being dispatched. Feeling better, he got back on the road, planning to stop at a safer location. A third motorist pulled into the rest stop right after he pulled out. He was returning from a political event for Trump supporters. He was returning to his small town in Ohio to organize for 2020. He had his MAGA hat on. He saw the man lying in the entrance, and he ran up to him. He noticed the man was beating, bleeding severely, so he pulled off his Trump 2020 shirt and used it to apply pressure. The paramedic showed up two minutes after he arrived and took over. As they were loading the man into the ambulance, one of the paramedics came over to see him and said, you may have saved his life. He'd lost a lot of blood. Your quick thinking means he might make it. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Jesus wants us to look at ourselves and ask, what kind of neighbor am I? Would I be willing to stop for a man who's been broken by life? Would I be willing to give time to someone who needs a friend? Can I do so without restriction, without judgment, without reservation? And what can I learn 
from the man in the story and in our world who are despised by the rich and powerful? How can I learn kindness from people who are radically different than me? The Good Samaritan story is not just an example for individuals. The Good Samaritan is an exemplar for the body of Christ. Rather than crossing the road too preoccupied with our worship or our fellowship or our agendas, we as a church should be traveling on a road ready to help those who are beaten and broken. Our example as the body of Christ is not the religious scholars of Jesus' day. Our example is the despised Samaritan who without thought to his own schedule his survival, or what it might cost him, cared for others. The body of Christ is freed to work with one another and with those who are different than us. This is Jesus' calling for the church. And that was the path that Jesus took. He lived with the powerless. He sided with the poor. He died with criminals. He called fishermen and tax collectors and women to follow his example. He gives us the freedom to even be Samaritans, the despised of the world, willing to stop for those who are abandoned by all others. Amen.